0: Hello everybody, this is Sam. Just a quick explainer for what this episode is, and for a few episodes coming up. Uh, for those of you who don't know, before we were the Brenton Thwaites hour, we were doing another series called Craig's List, where we watch and reviewed the entire filmography and TVography of the one and only Daniel Craig. And obviously we're very excited at the moment, as we are about to be able to watch No Time to Die, after after many, many months of frantic anticipation. And so in celebration of that, we've decided to unlock the final Patreon episodes that have not previously been heard by the general public. We had a Patreon account back when we were doing that series, and on there we were putting his TV appearances and some of his uh, lesser-known, not theatrically-released performances. So feel free to skip these ones if it's not what you're into. Um, we will be doing our weekly Brenton Thwaites episodes still as well. But uh, if you want to hear Isaac and I talk shit about some fairly random pieces of media, but which do feature Daniel Craig, then uh, please enjoy. I think we've got about eight of these to uh, release over the next couple of weeks. So uh, that's what's going to be going on there. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy. Dry Martini monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's,
1: one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily, shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, What's your favourite part about The Princess Bride? Never seen it. You ain't seen The Princess
0: Bride? No. Dude. What's it about? And Don't tell me.
1: That's fine. You don't have to. Sounds bad. What's your favourite part about The Count of Monte Cristo?
0: Don't remember. Saw it too long ago. Okay.
1: What's your favourite part about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean?
0: Probably The Music. No, okay. Or Jeffrey Rush.
1: What's your favourite part about the Highlander movies? Never seen them. Okay. What about uh, The Last Samurai?
0: The bit where he has to go on walks with the other guy. Oh, just up and down the garden? Yeah. Nice, nice. And we get a little bit of Tom Cruise comedy. What
1: about uh, the first ever Star Wars movie? Episode technically four.
0: um probably when when people say punch it oh, okay I think are you that... trying to lead me towards a certain answer here
1: yeah yeah a little
0: bit oh um
1: what's your favorite part about um the weapon of the red power Ranger in the first series of power Rangers
0: um the, my lack of familiarity with it <laughs>
1: That's cool. That's cool. Do you not like swords? Isaac,
0: let me flip this back on you. What do all of those things have in common? They've all got swords. Oh. Swords. There's no swords in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, they got laser swords.
0: I think they've got laser sabers. Laser swords.
1: Anakin says laser sword in episode one. And... Somebody says laser sword in episode five.
0: Well, look, I am a fan of swords overall. Episode like...
1: eight. Damn, nailed it. Fantastic. Luke says it.
0: I'm such oh, all oh, right. Like, you think you can take a laser sword and everything will be fine? Yeah. Just because that's been the main plot of all the previous films, you think you can just get a laser sword? Why, uh, uh, I'm John Mulaney. You think you can take a laser sword to uh, the whole First Order? Uh, I'm new in town. John Mulaney would be a great fit for the Star Wars universe. <laughs>
1: he would. Just as a stand-up in Jabba's Palace.
0: He could be in an episode of The Mandalorian as a kind of just sort of effete, sort of efficient at somewhere they go to where he's sort of Like, you know, the English guy with no nose in Avengers who gets sucked out the airlock? Yeah. It'd be like that kind of character, but American. (laughs) They'd have a high. Ebony Moore. Is that character's name? Yes. Ebony Moore, but it's John Mullaney in a turtleneck.
1: (laughs) Uh, But swords, though. Swords. Uh, If a movie has the word sword in the title, you want to. I wanted at least one sword.
0: I think. With sword of honor, it's more about the honor than the sword.
1: But I wanted a sword.
0: Okay, well,
1: I got more swords in fucking Indiana Jones and the deserts of madness. What? Daredevils of the desert.
0: In, but also no daredevils.
1: No daredevils.
0: I guess Indy's kind of a daredevil, but no actual de- no actual
1: devils. No devils, just some dares, some daring. De- nothing's fine. No swords and sword of honor. No, what well, we it's, watch world, this week? it's World
0: War Two. It is World War Two. So Patreon, no rules on the Patreon episode. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. It's a podcast where Isaac and I have continued to review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I'm Isaac, and this is our latest Patreon-only episode of Craig's List. Welcome. Our special series where we are watching the entirety of Daniel Craig's filmography, Britain's best actor, in the lead up to No Time to Die for no reason other than it's just fun. And we are massive craikistadors, as we, we assume you are, for listening. If you include Patreon and our normal episodes, this is episode... 48. 46. Oh,
1: dude, I was so close. I'm so good at maths.
0: Yeah. I have well,
1: approximate knowledge of
0: many things. Isaac, people don't come to us for the maths. <laughs> they come to us for the Craig content. And today we are talking about the 2001 television, I guess technically miniseries, because it, it, it took it me a long time. It into two
1: parts, yeah.
0: Yeah, which was really yeah. hard to find out.
1: You, I waited till the credits and found out. Because the credits say part one. Oh, right. And eventually part two.
0: Yes, yeah, so the 2001 three and a half hour long film, Sword of Honor, starring the one and only Daniel Craig. Britain's best actor. Daniel as Craig. Guy Crouchback. Based on the trilogy of novels by Evelyn Waugh, of whom I am a big fan. Oh, lovely! I'm happy to say that I've had a big connection to Evelyn Waugh since uh, since *Brightly Revisited days. I've ever heard of that one? No, that's his big one. Okay.
1: So, so so *Sword of Honor* is not
0: the big one. Sword of Honor is not the big one. Okay. Bride's Head Revisited is his most well known work. That's just the single novel, and it was adapted into a big nine part TV series starring Jeremy Irons, and mm. it was a whole big deal. And that one is it's all about sort of stately homes and aristocratic languor and the sort of characterological corruption over time, through despite having you know, huge amounts of wealth and kind of kind of like wrestling with the deterioration of religion, I guess, over the 20s, 30s and 40s. Okay. Slow moving, sort of ponderous, but all like enjoyable if you're into that kind of thing. That's how I figured these books would have been as well. I Well, what's interesting is that's a nine-part TV series based on one novel. This is a... This is three and a half hours based on three novels, mm. and, <laughs> and <laughs> straight out the gate, pretty boring. <laughs> and yeah. my my hot take straight off the bat here is that uh, William Boyd, writer of the trench, is, who's adapted this, I think he's cut a lot out of the novels, which is good, and he's adapted it down to what is quite is a much tighter story definitely but it's now no longer three hours long yep mm-hmm. I think he's take- you could make it into a film yeah he's taken three books very efficiently cut stuff out to focus in what the real story is mm-hmm. but then still wanted to make three and a half hours of content but the story you've actually come up with is one and a half to two hours long at the most yeah definitely and i think that's the core problem here because this kind this has the same sort of thoughtful, languorous pacing of Brideshead Revisited, but it's about the war. And so it's a vibe clash of the pacing to... in it's, a, it's also, also kind of the point, though, that, that war, Especially for this one guy's story through the war. Yeah, that war is not as dramatic and narratively tight as we would like it to be based yeah. on our experiences of film. But... Because it's so long, it's very long. Every time you think it's sort of building up to a point, it kind of sort of fades away on you again. Yep, and it's so long. I don't think we can go through the plot of this. I don't think we need the to. the whole thing. I think
1: just mention a couple of like, if we go like um, with what's his face's character, the guy who changes and change, the master of disguise, um, master
0: of disguise, the
1: actor, the actor, um, Ludovic.
0: Yeah, no. The, the guy who becomes a Bond villain at the end because he has a puppy?
1: No, not Ludovic, the other one. Trimmer? Trimmer. The Welsh one his from His story Kuppling. is interesting because it starts out, he's just in the in the Harvard he is. Mm-hmm. He's in the company, he Gets basically doesn't get what he wants, so he leaves and to he's join a, a, a well. different company. And he's pretending to be a, like Scottish, so he's joined the Scottish mm. Guard, and he's just there, yeah. and his story changes. And then he meets fucking what's-her-face Veronica? um virginia virginia close enough um and then he joins the fucking commandos Ger- he just does, he fails up he fails up continuously film. continuously everyone get, fails up he goes through some strange non-confrontation with the germans but gets held a hero and becomes a famous man and then goes to america mm. that's a cool story in and of itself we don't really need to touch that again in the in, in the course of this podcast i don't think
0: no. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Well, yes, it is a, it is a, it is a cool story. Did you ever, did you ever watch Coupling? Coupling. Yeah. No. No one knows about Coupling. Coupling. I keep people. It was. Is, based- that, is that a sitcom though? Yeah. It was English Friends around the turn of the century.
1: I think I've seen episodes of Coupling.
0: Yeah. Trimmer is the Welsh one from Coupling. Nice. That's My- where I recognized him from.
1: Off topic there,
0: real quick. What's your favorite
1: English sitcom? Sitcom.
0: Might have to be only fools and horses.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Due to the, because of the emotional heights, it gets and to. complexities it gets to, while still being really funny all the time. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Spaced.
1: Okay. Oh. I just love me to make mega rap.
0: I think I watched Space like once, and I never really, like, I never Didn't emotionally connected to connect to it. Yeah.
1: I just like the nerd aspect. Okay.
0: Even IT crowd doesn't get into that.
1: IT Crowd's no. funny.
0: IT Crowd is great and has probably one of the best rewatch values of all uh, British sitcoms. But also, Graham Linehan is bad now. So... Why? I'll just Google it. I don't want to get into it. Okay, cool. But, yes, Trimmer does have a great storyline. What? I'm just going to Google it right now, but that's why. <laughs> Google what? Graham Linehan. <laughs> yeah. Do it later. Um,
1: subtle. Be Subtle. <laughs> Trimmer does have a really interesting story. And that's a you film. Can't I would
0: subtly Google something right in front <laughs> of me. Um, that's,
1: a, that's a film I would watch. It's just Trimmer's failing through the war.
0: Yes. Or if
1: this was a series, if this was a 10 part series, Band of Brothers style, Trimmer's adventure would be hilarious going I through think, the
0: war. I think it could get sharper. Being two big episodes, like just two movies. Doesn't work. <laughs> Stop <laughs> trying to Google something. Subtle. Google it if you want. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I but wait. don't do that big Mickey Mouse face while you're doing it. <laughs> Being two episodes, one and a half hours long. When does the first one end? The
1: first one, I believe... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Like, um, I
0: couldn't tell you. It's not that obvious. Ah,
1: uh, shit. It doesn't end during the attack. And- it ends on the boat. Um... After he You reckon? I think I think it ends with The Escape
0: boat. from the Beach.
1: No, it can't then, because that's way too late in the fucking film.
0: See, it's based on a trilogy. Surely sharpen this into three one hour episodes you would- that have clear beginning, middles, and ends and have like some cliffhangers in there. Yeah. Just to just so you have some idea of where sort of the tension of it is going.
1: I don't know where the first episode ends. And I can't find them on the internet because the internet's got
0: nothing about it. Yeah, and because the, the, the payoffs are kind of so hard to pick up on, it it kind of makes it feel sort of interminable in a way that isn't on purpose. Mm. And I don't, and I and I hate saying this, I don't know about Daniel Craig for this role. I don't think Daniel Craig is right for this role. Guy Crouchback's thing is that he's kind of too old for the army and it's not really his thing, but he has a sense of honour. The idea of honour is supposedly woven through the whole thing. He has a big old erect sword of honour mm-hmm. and so he wants to get into the army. And Daniel Craig is just sort of too young and handsome and athletic to be <laughs> Guy Crouchback.
1: And when he, bra- when he hurts his knee at the start, I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. You yeah. walked that off in like two days,
0: bruh. Yeah. Who would you put as Guy Crouch back?
1: Um, filming at the time it was or now? Either.
0: I, I've thought this is more of a Colin Firth role. Definitely fits a Colin Firth. Because it's got to be someone who's, who's kind of aristocratic and not very. doesn't immediately look like physically capable. Mm. Who can become so. Definitely, yes. But. It's not a a clear fit. Daniel Craig, like, yeah, definitely put him in the army. He'd be brilliant at that. He'd be a commando in no time. Colin Firth. That's why he's so... It's weird. William Boyd wrote this in the trench. He's perfect in the trench as a very effective, world-weary soldier. (laughs) He's not also this supposedly kind of overly, sort of overly civilized, you know, aging person. Mm. It's weird that this came out in 2001. Don't you think it feels like early nineties? It like, does. It does not feel like a two thousands production. Well, it
1: feels like something the BBC made mm. in the late nineties.
0: Well, I feel like early nineties. Mm. I don't feel like there's much daylight between this and some of the early nineties stuff we've, we've watched. Yeah. But I think that's I think that's the evil and war vibe though. I as do
1: well. enjoy the amount of Craig we get.
0: It's it's pretty much nonstop Craig. Mm. Other options for Guy Crouchback. This is different, di- di- different taste. Hugh Laurie.
1: I was gonna say Hugh Laurie. Yeah, but Hugh Laurie in the nineties, because Hugh, Hugh Laurie, Laurie just after Blackadder,
0: because he could really bring through the comedy of it a lot more. He could. The ways in which this is funny, the ways in which it's supposed to be funny, I think, is something it struggles with.
1: I think it would have worked better if Hugh Laurie, or to an extent, me
0: even Rowan Atkinson. I think Rowan Atkinson's too far. Because I think the I kind of... He doesn't get
1: to do acting very often, Rowan Atkinson, but I know he's capable
0: of doing that. Yeah. Like, he might be capable of it. It's just weird because we've never seen him do that. I want it so bad. Never seen him do this kind of I want Rowan Atkinson,
1: world. John Wick. I want it.
0: And it's too late. He's too old now. No, he's not. He's a very old man. He's never too old to be He's John an old Wick. man and he doesn't care. I know he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's never cared what we want and he cares even less now. Um... <laughs> I think the comedy of this story is difficult because evil and war comedy is quite difficult to do. It's a very sort of subdued and melancholic absurdism, okay. which is very enjoyable and works very well in novel form, Yeah, but it's quite difficult to bring out on screen. I don't think Daniel Craig is perfectly aligned to bring out like the other more comedic actors in this like Apthorpe. Yeah. It, it, you can you can see it how it's, it's perfect, funny. Everything yeah. he's doing is funny. It's in his body language where Daniel Craig is, is such a sort of a straight man, essentially, that he doesn't quite... I can he doesn't, understand he doesn't draw it out of the as, material.
1: I can understand putting a straight man as your lead character, but even the lead character is written to be a little bit off to the side. You know, Yeah.
0: Written to be... You have to well, I think
1: that quality of...
0: Well, I think... Comedy, Will Ferrell. Guy, Cr- yeah, Guy Crouchback, I think, is meant to have elements of fish out of water the whole time. Mm. He's a fish out of water in the military to begin with, but then also his idea of what the military and what war should be like is another fish out of water when the sort of the absurdity and meaninglessness of the war is revealed to him.
1: Yeah, and the meaninglessness but, of the army in, in and of itself.
0: Yeah, but I think young, handsome, fit Daniel Craig... He just looks too much like a fish in water. Yeah. You know, the bit where the he gets assigned
1: to the commandos. I'm like, yeah,
0: you're damn right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why was he not in the commandos this From whole time? get <laughs> It's Daniel Craig. And I think Guy Crouchback's character is a sort of meant to be a sort of tragic figure. Yeah. It's a sort of tragic comedy. I don't know if there's that much that's tragic about Daniel Craig. Our Friends in the North is probably the most tragic he gets. But I feel like Daniel Either Craig that, it is takes so much to build up to. It takes a lot to build up to. But I think Daniel Daniel Craig is always kind of hopeful. Mm. You know, he's always he's got he's got a in the worst of circumstances, he's still got a wry smile and like, oh, we'll get out of this somehow. <laughs> Whereas there's a kind of hopelessness sort of overlaying someone like Guy Crouchback and a lot of the Evil and War sort of body of work. Yeah. The sort of. Empire in decline, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no one goes to church anymore sadness (laughs) that I don't don't know if you can really capture. Um, Anyway.
1: What about some highlights?
0: Highlights. Um, For
1: me, I think a highlight is the entire Crete sequence. Yeah. Because I love me a war film that has an incompetent sergeant. Or an incompetent leader figure who then goes down. And I love that that sort of sets up fucking Ludovic to be a bit of a psychopath
0: as well. Yeah. Luda- like, Ludovic's the best character. Subtly. And I, I love the
1: development of Ludovic. It was just like hanging out. And when they're in Egypt, hmm. comes along to Crete. He's just there. But builds up to him then murdering the hound. That's intense. Like that. that's... That if you had Hugh Laurie as your main character and you had, like, the comedy coming through for the whole thing, when that takes place, it'd be Mm. so jarring and so intense.
0: Yeah. So, yes, I think this could be much... I think if this made more of its comedy, then the drama would be more dramatic. Yes. Putting those two things next to each other is something you really don't get Mm. very often. And yeah, actually, because I think the midway point, like, of the three and a half hours runtime, the midway point is them sort of arriving in Crete mm. when you are sort of driving along, and they all come out of the bushes, and they're all wounded in in retreat and things like that.
1: Yeah, so maybe the first episode ends when they get assigned to Crete, and then like Crete, okay.
0: Yeah, which is again a boring way to end an episode. And and yeah, and the way they're sort of engaged in that war there, but it's all very sort of spaced out and unclear what's going on and no one has anything that they need. We and the don't. leadership are just falling apart. Yeah. And Crouchback is for those long periods of time just on his own, sort of wandering around. And he in sees what the paragliders like, that have got hung in the trees and things like I like that sort of quiet sort of meandering through a, a war. Rather than your sort of classic just battle engagements and that sort of thing. So I think that's probably my favourite part of this is managed to get through to the sort of the sort of quiet absurdity of war, especially at this scale. That
1: fighting can be taking 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 place on such a massive scale, yet you are still part of this war and nothing's happening where you're happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've I think so you do get a sense of the absurdity of all in this when he just he keeps just getting moved to different places and and he just is being constantly shuffled around through the bureaucracy of and his own the military his only
1: want is to take part in battle yeah and be a be the soldier that he thinks he should be. yeah, but and the only every move he's like, yeah, maybe I'll get to do that there. Hmm. doesn't happen.
0: And the only time he does anything honorable is when he saves the commander and he is like the hero of the mission, but because the commander got shot, it's his fault that the commander got shot. And so he's going to get, <laughs> he has to get demoted and he has to, and he has to leave the field of battle. Yeah. Um, and this is all, This trilogy is I all meant to be, be sort be. of like quasi autobiographical. It's based on war's own experience of the war. Mm. Um. So I think this is kind of how he experienced it of not of the- getting to go, you know, go, have, have, Go gloriously into battle and have a spot of biffing, as they say a lot. Yeah, but it's just mainly just shuff being shuffled around, and no one knows what they're doing, and no one's in charge. Which I think is definitely what's going to be what the case will be with the world war, you know,
1: especially now because there's so much population. Like, there is so much population now. Well,
0: I think you can have more, someone could have more of a sense of what's going on now because of communication. In those days, it's always like telegrams and carrier (laughs) pigeons and smoke signals, and everyone's, no one knows what anyone's doing.
1: (laughs) You could imagine now, like, when you're not in communication with someone and then just an army turns up. Like, what the. Uh,
0: (laughs) Why didn't you text me?
1: (laughs) Well, you just see a video on YouTube of like the US troops just deploying somewhere, like, oh, again.
0: So it's, it's kind of meant, it's kind of like an English. Catch twenty two, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and I. Th- but yeah, my overall take, I think, would be that you have to do quite a lot. At least from our current vantage point of twenty years later, you have to do quite a lot of work as a viewer to figure out what it's saying, rather than just con- con- concluding that it's bad and just and just boring. because yeah. you could go. Oh, this is just dull, which it is at certain points. But if you work for it, a lot of then you can say, "Oh, it's about how, like, the boringness is the point." You know, like it's about I, the it's about the war, but it's boring, and that's kind of what it's that's what it's meant to be like. The film could do more to help you along that way. Yeah, show the characters being bored. Yeah. You know, do have more of that sort of jarhead stuff. You know, where everyone's all keyed up, but just. You know, losing it still. On the subject of Jarhead, did you know there are sequels to the movie Jarhead? I did know there were.
1: But they're just flat-out action movies? Yeah. That's so weird.
0: I love when movies just learn none of the lessons of the first movie. (laughs) You made a movie about war is bad. Sequel, war. Good now, actually.
1: (laughs) I'm all all Rambo the fuck out of this sequel. Because, like, First Blood, same same issue. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's worse because it had the same actor in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back on top. Yeah. Se- sequel to Apocalypse Now. I used to have mental health issues. <laughs> then I went to war. And now I'm fine. And this is me. Let's go through the plot a little bit. Okay. Just a little
1: bit. So Daniel Craig begins, and he's been overseas, I think, in Italy.
0: Yeah, it just sort of mooching around Italy.
1: doing some studies, traveling around. It's made clear that he's recently divorced, and yes. it wasn't fun for daniel so he
0: took off no and as far as daniel's concerned he is roman catholic so he actually can't get divorced yeah, and that's so sort of the running man. theme through this of he's trying to maintain his religion in the face of everything that's going on comes back home determined to join the army and go to war everyone even though everyone's like you're way too old daniel you're what 32 <laughs> You sure. look
1: wait no you don't actually.
0: No, actually you look like you'd be brilliant at it.
1: So he doesn't get accepted after sending what looks to be like 50 letters to various
0: I can't believe during World War 2 it was this hard to get in the army. Wow. You know? That's the very life, no. night. It was funny actually. We we've, we've got millions <laughs> of people like we're, I mean we're, we
1: went, we rounded up everybody and we, you weren't here, so we
0: went a bit too hard at the start, if we're honest. And now we're just we've been training for weeks.
1: <laughs> just give us like six months. A lot of these people will not be a part of the army anymore. Oh, for really? What's what going to happen? Reason? Well,
0: it's, it doesn't matter, but and then you can join up. We do, we do, um, you know, at the moment, go we go through them quite quickly, <laughs> is what I'll say. Um, like it's and, and a gun, but then he gets to join the halberdiers and. And everything He is goes good. to training. That's when we've got Trimmer. Julian Ryan Tutt is back. Welcome. Welcome Returning. Back. I, th- I think he's the only return to the Daniel Craig filmography from this. The old, old Julian Ryan Tutt. Oh, there might be one other. No, I think it's just him. I think it's just him. And um, his
1: character, again, you could lose if you were making it into a regular film.
0: You could lose a, a, a bunch of stuff. But and then Virginia's there and she's all like vivacious in the way people were in the thirties, like, ah mm-hmm. oh, darling, let's let's have a drink. Ah but oh, you simply must. Oh gosh. You simply must. Yeah. That's, she's got an open I won't. I won't take no for an answer. I demand that you blah blah blah. And you know, gets <laughs> old pretty quickly. <laughs> she's
1: basically the gatsby of the group.
0: Yeah, she's she's the gatsby with substance abuse issues. <laughs> Who just kind of uses everyone around her, basically, but I think she, her character, is well served by the script. I think she does I get to so have at the given, end. She's given that sort of three dimensional complexity, where he's sort of shown she sort of owns up, at least like in her eyes, about how empty her life is and how she's just been using people and needs Guy to sort of save her, essentially.
1: Yeah, and like her char- her arc of her story is. Good. Like it's entertaining to finally see where it comes to after yeah. going. I think the ex-
0: the experiences of the women during the war is one of the more interesting parts of this. Yeah. Her and the other woman, Julia, who's some sort of like. Oh, that bitch. She's married to someone, but she's some sort of like power broker amongst the sort of military classes at yeah. this place where I the think British she's military. She's married are doing to one something. of the colonels, but crete adjacent or something i don't know she's so the way they sort of play and and gain and lose power throughout the war i thought was a interesting thing we don't get to see very often mm. um, and whilst they're at training they meet we meet what's his name richie hook Corporal Commander General Master Richie, Richie Hook. Hook.
1: The one-eyed Richie Hook.
0: Yeah. Dan, who Crouchback sort of develops an affection for over the course of the movie.
1: Over the course of the training, I think, he develops mm. an affection for. And then he develops a strange tolerance, and then it comes back to affection when he finally comes back into the picture at some stage. Like, oh, yeah, you still exist. That's cool. Yeah. so we- I have nostal- nostalgia about the weird time we spent together.
0: Yeah. So Richie Hook is sort of furious at how bad all the training's going and he's getting them to shoot at him because he's <laughs> so confident that? that none of them can hit him. And I think, and I kind of like this because Richie Hook is a sort of, from our current perspective, he's sort of the worst kind of military commander where he has this kind of overconfident <laughs> bluster and basically bloodlust, like desire for action. and. Run into battle. He which wants to destroy the enemy.
1: You can see as being someone that Guy Crouchback would look, look up to, up until a point where he just figures out that Richie Cook is just fucking.
0: Well, I think crazy. I think. Well, I think yeah, Richie Hook is insane yeah. and a sort of brute and a monster essentially, mm-hmm. but he's an honest and authentic monster. Yeah, just who, there for a spot of biffing. Who actually, who. Actually attains the form of honor which he claims to have, because all Mm the all the other sort of anyone else in the army he meets really is kind of duplicitous or full of shit or a coward or don't deserve to be where they are. Yeah, aren't actually and aren't that invested in the project of the army. Yeah, and so even though the entire project of the army is ultimately hollow because the war is stupid. Richie Hook has at least fully committed to that project and is going to follow through on what he says he's going to do. Like, like, he ain't bullshitting. Richie Hook is the only one who isn't bullshitting. So even though (laughs) his life is dominated by violence and he ultimately gets shot on a completely pointless mission at the end as a result of his sort of blind desire to, you know, just have a spot of biffing, I think God Guy recognizes that as, oh, at least this guy is doing something. Oh, he's not, he's not, he has more honor than most other people we've met. That you've
1: come across, yeah.
0: Even though he's, you know, not living the kind of life we think people should be leading. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he meets, um, what's his face with the potty?
1: Big ear, Abthorpe. Abthorpe. Yeah. I love that guy.
0: Who brought his own toilet?
1: Yeah, brought his own personal use toilet to the war. Strange, but yeah. also and a character that you get attached to because he's not—he's a fish out of water. Mm. He's not meant to be where he is, but he's obviously doing this because mm. his family would have wanted it wherever he's
0: come from. Yeah, and is set up as having tension as is yeah.
1: and then when his arc comes to an end, you are affected by it. Yeah. As Guy would have been affected by it, yeah. It's a strange, just out of the blue, gone.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that could have been more effective if there was, if there was a payoff we were expecting that we then didn't get. Mm. You know, this because if I there think, were a
1: secondary character in there, in the in his story, like a friend from back home or his wife or something,
0: I think, I think, I I think I like Apthorpe being who he is as being, uh, but I think if there was a character who was really focused on on the war. Really was keen to get in the spot of biffing, and then they just get sick on the ship and die. That would bring home that like the randomness and of of, of war, and, and and like
1: people die without even getting to the war. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, I think. Whereas you know, I think Apthorpe didn't. Apthorpe sort of fades in and fades out a little mm, bit. The two
1: know. dudes who get maimed at training.
0: Yeah, have them be characters. Yeah, you know. All I
1: think you need there's training episode. There's training episode. There's Egypt P- Crete episode. Then there's um, wherever he is in Ukraine after that or Poland saving the Jews. Yugoslavia, episode. I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, actually. Yeah, training episode, Crete episode, Yugoslavia episode. Yeah. And have different secondary characters in each of them, mm. I think would be. Yeah. Because
1: then you could, your training episode could have your Abthorpe character. Hmm. Perish at the end of it, yeah. And that would affect, the and then Daniel you can
0: Craig move camp. on to the next, into the next yeah. bit. Yeah,
1: you move on to the next bit where Richie Hook comes with him, and Richie Hook is his idol into going into battle. Like this is this is the man who's oh. the soldier, and then halfway through, Richie Hook runs in and gets shot, and Daniel Craig gets blamed for it for some reason. Yeah, like, and then they go to Crete, and then he yeah, meets. so yeah,
0: the, the the climax of the training episode. Climax, I think Climax is, of the is, that first episode, is that first mission where he
1: gets demoted as a result of his honor. And then Crete episode Climax would be getting on the boat, I guess. Because then that could be your cliffhanger for the third episode. I've Does he die at sea? Yeah. How he gets out of it. And then he just gets to Egypt and yeah. sent off somewhere else.
0: That getting on the boat plan is insane. I know. I
1: but would not
0: get on that boat. Could
1: you imagine how weird you would feel if 30 seconds after you leave... Everybody else dies.
0: Yeah, look, I'd feel pretty good about that. But then I'd be like, "Can we go back to shore now, though? Just up a little bit?" (laughs) Because I'm not going to. Because I'm pretty sure we're all going to go mad and kill each other on this boat.
1: The direction they go in. Why would you go to Egypt? Greece is a lot closer to Crete.
0: I don't know where they are, or where they thought they were going, or if they had any means of navigating at all.
1: Well, you can know what side of Crete you're on, and then from that point, you can know in which direction the closest large landmass is.
0: The mode the- people misread maps in this. Africa a lot.
1: is not the closest <laughs> large landmass <laughs> like, at all,
0: especially Egypt. <laughs> but maybe that's maybe like they can't go to Greece. Was maybe was was Greece the baddies?
1: No, Greece wasn't even in. Greece was one of the people who like... Isaac, everyone's in. It's the World War. Greece was one of the people who was like, I'm not fighting because I'm scared. We've never had wars.
0: Democracy, though. We've never had wars in Greece. Can't we just invent logic again? Never. What about the Trojan War? No, that's (laughs) Turkey. (laughs) We We were in it, but there was a different one. Wars. What is... What
1: is Sparta. Question.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> what is? <laughs> well, I can tell you if but you already sound pretty worked up. No, we, tell me now. We've
1: never had a war.
0: <laughs> they get dispatched to West Africa and, um, yeah, they have to go up on this reconnaissance mission. I like um, old D- Daniel Craig with the sort of. Daniel Craig does blackface, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't believe he hasn't gotten cancelled for that when they're, when they're doing the commandos attacking in the darkness. It's
1: not really blackface.
0: Well, if if you saw it in Iceland, if you didn't have... He should be lucky he's got that beret on in every shot because if he didn't have that beret on, you take it out of context. Yeah. So but that's just do blackface. Their, their night
1: mission and Rich, they're supposed to just get a coconut.
0: And Richie Hook is just like, off his tree the whole time. <laughs> and they rescue him. And he has a severed head in his hands when he gets back in the boat. So fucked up. And uh, this abs-
1: guy tried to bayonet me.
0: And so then, right, this is all your fault, Daniel Craig. So you're off to the Isle of Mug. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he gets transferred. So he kind of fa- like fails up a little bit. Now he's now he's, now he's a commander. And it's just people, just just a bunch of men fucking around on this island in the UK, just doing rope stuff and training and. I like the ridiculousness of something like that being yes. brought to the fore, because you could depict it in a way as like, oh no, we're just training, but the, I th- I think I think the ludicrousness of what they're doing could have been more salient the whole time. I
1: like that they're abseiling down not cliffs, just hills.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to get too <laughs> too intense. Virginia is there, Trimmer and Virginia strike up their relationship. Colonel Tommy Blackhouse is around and he's like a significant person for some reason. I think he's like he was like with Virginia at some point. you know Blackhouse he's in charge of the commandos. everyone has been with Virginia. it seems.
1: yeah, it seems Virginia's just met a lot
0: of people. yeah, done a lot of hey, she's a socialite.
1: yes. That's what it's called. Why can't that be a job anymore? Being a socialite. I want
0: to be a socialite. We
1: can be socialites.
0: Actually, you know what? I don't. I
1: don't like alcohol that much.
0: Well, it's more about the socializing, I think. You have to put on cocktail parties and stuff all the time. Yo. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. Let's not. Can Let's I be a
1: socialite, but instead of cocktail parties, I just invite people over to play D&D and stuff?
0: I don't know. You can try it. Cool. You'll be the first one. Yeah. But you can definitely try it. who would pay me for that. Do I
1: just get an allowance?
0: Well, that's a th- I don't know. You don't get paid to be a socialite. It's all I, I don't know. And now now you just do brand deals and stuff, wouldn't you?
1: You're an influencer. Yeah. Influencers are this 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 century's socialites.
0: You know, that's probably very
1: true. Yep. Yeah, and you can dislike as many of them as you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to be an influencer either.
1: Nope, not in the slightest. It looks awful. Yep. Do You ever see people just standing on the road taking photos of themselves and other people?
0: Yeah, well, they got to set up. Well, now they have got to set their phone up on something so they can do a TikTok. Mm. So they it's can do weird. the latest dance. It's just weird. whilst holding a V or something. Yeah, I hope they sponsor me. Hey, pe- pe- people are rich. That skateboarding guy drinking the cranberry juice he's all over the place.
1: <laughs> Good for him.
0: Shout out to any TikTokers who are listening <laughs> who know what I'm talking about. You know, cranberry juice. <laughs> they set up Operation Pop Gun. I wasn't really sure where they were, but they they everyone who's not Daniel Craig, they pull up on this island. Trimmer falls over and accidentally fires his gun. It's him and Ryan Tut, and this is all quite funny. And that woman comes out and starts yelling at them, so they have to run away. <laughs> and they're like, She was speaking French. I'm like, isn't this island uninhabited? <laughs> yeah. Why are there railways? And they were on completely the wrong island. And then so. some fucking guy goes, yeah, I found the railway. I just decided I'd blow it up. They were in France, in yeah. Nazi-occupied France. And so they get massive amounts of credit for blowing up the railway in Nazi-occupied <laughs> France. <laughs> completely um,
1: accidentally.
0: Which I'm sure which I'm sure happened a lot. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and I like it because Julian Ryan Tut is like quite drunk that whole time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, really? Oh, terrible. Oh, well, will tell you, I we'll best, we best be off then.
1: I like that the um the general who's given him those orders is just, like, super surprised at how, like, well he took them. And we're <laughs> all like, yeah, he's just going to run. <laughs> but he doesn't. He goes along. Mm.
0: So, yeah, there's the recurring theme of people misreading maps <laughs> in this. There's a, a map motif, which I think could come to the fore a bit more. Daniel Craig is off in Crete or somewhere at this point. I think after and goes, goes for lunch with the Maharaja. There's this whole like social class of people that are hanging out in this place. I'm not really sure that's where they Egypt. were. That's Egypt. That's Egypt is it? Before okay. he gets sent to Crete. They're in Egypt. Then, um, either he's in the hammocks, his legs injured. they get given the Crete mission. Crete kind of, and I think like the Crete campaign was terrible the whole time, as far as I can tell. And, the whole time they're there, that's getting machine gunned by planes all the time. You never really see the enemy, which I think is a good, which is a cool move. I think so, too. I just think also like that a, a lot
1: of the time they couldn't afford an enemy.
0: Probably that as well. Is
1: a, which is a smart thing. If you can't do it, do it in a way that you don't have to see them. Make it a choice. Yeah. Make it an artistic choice. You do. Where you're just, you are Guy's visage at the moment. All you see is what he sees and he can't mm. see them.
0: Yeah, when there's no enemy, it's like they're sort of fighting a kind of indefatigable force Yeah, that ends up being represented by just the sun and the heat and the barrenness of this landscape, rather than, oh, there's these specific men over there we have to shoot. And yeah. kind it of makes it seem more futile, I think. Yes. So that's all good. It is all good. There's Australians not giving a fuck, as usual. Anytime there's Australians in a World War II movie, their entire role is to come in like, "Oh, all right, fuck off, mate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then some guys are like, oh, don't you blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, no. As much as it happens... It happens it a lot. probably
1: is actually what happened.
0: I'm sure it was pretty accurate. Or
1: it's at least what the world assumed was happening when Australians like, yeah, mate, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, they just assume so... Like a so nonchalant about everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, when, like, the English are given orders and they're like, yes, sir. And the Australians are given orders and they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I suppose. Fuck- you sure, mate? Fucking <sighs> righto.
1: Struth. truth. Fucking righto, mate. The fucking hound t- turns up um, and is very rude to the Australian soldiers as a get go.
0: And then Major immediately hound.
1: demands that they trade with him.
0: I'm like what, yeah, so Major Hans this other little fat fella who's not good at being army no. but is just but just kind of likes being in charge, <laughs> and yeah, they run out of food and water immediately, and so he yeah he,
1: he uh, loses his mind a little bit and so, and like they, they've mm. been ordered to to leave Crete not long after they arrive, and everyone else is evacuating first, but this platoon is asked to stay and and be the rear guard, mm. And when they get their orders to surrender because they can't evacuate you, he loses his mind.
0: Yeah. He's he's the person in charge. He's not any kind of leader. So as soon as any leadership is required, he just becomes entirely self-centered. Um, I
1: love characters like that when they put him in. Especially they those characters are featured heavily in war films. An yeah. incompetent leader who is in charge but shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I because well, I think everyone's looked back at World War One and Two and been like, "Must have been some incompetent leaders around there," because <laughs> this, this was terrible. Um, yeah, I would have liked if his his story his story kind of
1: incompetent uh, leaders Hitler.
0: <laughs> well, if only he'd been more incompetent in a way. I mean, that's kind of the relief of Donald Trump as how incompetent oh. he is at actually doing anything. <laughs> Like if Donald Trump could actually practically make things happen in the world, he'd be this much would be more a dangerous. Place, yeah. yeah. But he's just like a force for evil and also just not like he's, he's never he's never touched a Gantt chart in his life.
1: He's as a like a Bond villain, but he's the version of a Bond villain but for like the Kingsman series where it's a caricature of the Bond villain.
0: Yeah. What? Yeah. He's someone who can who can sort of act a Bond villain very well, but just the bumbling. but the amount of human resources required to actually get that operation off the ground. He's Johnny
1: English's Bond villain.
0: But, uh, the the major hound's bumbling, self serving storyline. It's kind of presented as almost like a vignette within this larger story. When he leaves there, yeah, which is sort of charming in its own way. But I would like him and Guy to have been somehow connected, you know. I like this is someone that Guy invests in emotionally at the beginning and then is revealed to well, be this I completely enjoy vacant that figure. Quite quickly,
1: Guy notices that Hound is incapable and will just disregard everything he says quite quickly yeah. from the get go. I like that aspect of Guy's character, and then when they're on Crete, Guy just disregards his orders completely mm-hmm. and goes and does his own things all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good character development for the guy for Guy's character. And then I enjoyed yeah, the that Hounds true. Hound's little side quest ends up bringing him back to Ludovic and tying him back in there on the on the beachfront in their little settlement.
0: Does it does it tie it back in? I thought they just sort of like meet up again.
1: Ludovic's it? over there, yeah. Where the like Ludovic saves him from um starvation in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, he saves Hound, yeah. And then um
0: Yeah, when when Hound is like in the desert and that sort of local guy finds him yeah. and just takes all his stuff mm. and just walks slowly away. That's so cool. I really like that. It felt like a sort of cool, like, modern Western.
1: I also like point. this the bit after that when Ludovic rescues Hound and brings him to the collection of dudes on the beachfront and then it's just shown the Hound just, like, <laughs> chomping into this turkey leg yeah. or whatever it is or and like one a soldier goes to step rat. forward and stop him from doing that. Mm. And Ludovic's like, nah. Because Ludovic obviously knows he's going to kill this guy at some stage.
0: Yes, I yeah, don't... Because that's fucked up. Like, I don't know why Ludovic would let him eat that if he also wants to... Well, you gotta like, give him I love stuff. Ludovic just shooting, executing him in oh. the back of the head yes but i think i want more i want more ludovic i like
1: that ludovic at that point where he's feeding him he's like no you can't do anything right now because we need this guy to get off the island because he's a he's a co." yeah how does that work
0: though because then do they not get off the island because he killed him or well no
1: they their orders were to stay behind and be the rear guard everyone else is evacuating and then they get the orders okay once they're gone you got to surrender that way Mm you'll stay alive and we'll get you after
0: yeah we'll get you on the next go
1: but Ludovic's plan is to use their CO, the guy in charge, to say, like, get us on this boat and we can leave. Mm-hmm. But the the CO then refuses to do that. So Hound refuses to do that. That's why Ludovic kills him. Okay. Ludovic's so cold.
0: So cold. But yeah, but all of that... And
1: calling his dog. Oh, that's... Th- he calls him Fido because of-, of Hound. Hound's friends called him
0: Fido. Ah. Yeah, that's good. That is good. That is good. Th- See, all of that... All of that stuff that I was saying felt to me more like a Western. I think modern version of this, which I think could be great, needs to be directed by the Coen brothers.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: Because they, 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 they get the comedy. They can draw out the absurdity of being embroiled in these Kafkaesque systems, but also do that gritty, violent, sort of like a no country for old men style. Have
1: the Coen brothers directed a war film?
0: I don't think so. So, yeah, I think there's a Coen Brothers vibe to this story where if you hit their notes more strongly with that absurdist comedy and bleak violence, I think there's a lot here. that I, I think people would really respond to it these days as the world feels like it's becoming more and more absurd. Yeah. I think reading that absurdity into historical events like World War II, I think people would find quite satisfying. Mm. Anyway, they find Hound, they bring him, Ludafix, shoots him, et cetera, et cetera. We talked about that. They get told they have to surrender. Then we get a bit of a touch on the on the themes where Cranktrick is, is sort of having that conversation with Ivor about honour and how ideas of what counts as honourable has changed over time. And like, we don't think it's honourable to fight in a duel now. You just think I'm an idiot. And when is it honourable to surrender versus not and that sort of thing.
1: One of my favourite characters is Guy's dad. Yeah. Because just the voice of reason for the whole thing. I was like, yeah, you're just a dude living your life, giving good good advice to your son.
0: Yeah, and I th- and I think that would be constructed as the voice of reason as a representative of the previous generation, a mm. sort of Georgian England, which Evelyn War very much sort of idealised and sort of represented his time at o- Oxford as being much more akin to that era than this sort of... T.S. Eliot wasteland style of like 20s and 30s, you know, <laughs> the, the interwar period that he actually sort of lived through. Yeah. And, and Broadside Revisited is all based around a stately home, very similar to that house that Cratchback's dad okay, lives cool. in. The estate. Yeah. The grounds. Yeah. And it's a, but I guess his dad, it's interesting though, because like an easy choice would be to make the dad be pressuring him to go to war. You know, easy choice. I the, like that
1: the dad's against it, yeah. They, but doesn't make doesn't ask him not to.
0: No, but the dad just has this different idea of you no, know, like our honor and our worth can be sort of locally decided and locally constructed. If you could just stay here and work for this community, mm. then you know, that would be as valuable as well. I think where Crouchback gets the idea that he should go to war and where where that's driven from inside him maybe isn't clear enough. Uh, like if only, it's not from his dad. The only
1: inciting scene is that scene at the start where the Nazis are, or whatever, soldiers are harassing the locals in the place that he's at while he's doing his studying. Hmm. And then he leaves the church that he's been hanging out with.
0: Yeah, because if, if, it, if there is no family pressure to do this, then I kind of then it, I think give us a little sense of why where he's come to this conclusion from, especially if it's now supposedly late in life. <laughs> it's he's a, you know. he's aged. All right. I like the little mirroring. You know, like the, almost the first scene with him when he's in Italy and the, at the the tomb of it Saint Roger, mm. I think, and he's talking to the priest about him and honor and that sort of thing. And it's kind of mirrored when. He finds the body of the soldier in the barn in Crete that the kids lead him to. Yes. And he does a little benediction over them again. Oh, I, I don't know if that was on purpose, but I was like, oh, I'd like to think like it's before. on purpose in the novel.
1: And then mm. he, the, um, what's his name, would have gone like, Yet that scene will be mm. needed. Because yeah. it doesn't do anything really to the story. Once he sees the hanging dudes, he doesn't need to see another one.
0: Mm. Anyway, you- they, they, they escape on this boat. Yeah, basically, and they all go mad and nearly die. Well, they all go well. Te- well,
1: they escape on a boat. Five dudes. It shows you then a couple of days later they've been at sea. Two of the dudes are missing already.
0: Ludovic just caps everyone. Yeah, Ludovic Daniel kills Craig. the
1: last remaining guy and then smiles at Daniel Craig and then we get a fade to white and Ludovic carries Daniel Craig onto the beach in Egypt. Yeah, I don't know why he saved Daniel Craig. Maybe they're friends. Maybe just because of those see, moments they spent together.
0: Cause... That'd be a great
1: Wait, thing to Daniel Wait, had, had Daniel Craig saved Ludovic's life beforehand?
0: He might have done. I couldn't pay attention for the whole three. hours. I don't half think hours. he did.
1: No, I don't think he did. So Ludovic just saves Daniel Craig at this point.
0: Was he killing them for like a rationing thing? Because they never showed us how much the reason food he, he killed. they
1: Well, what we got to see is that five dudes took off on the boat, and then there were three dudes. And the third dude went to Daniel Craig, give me your gun. I know this yeah. guy's got a plan. And Daniel Craig's like, okay, because he's too weak to fight anybody. But as he goes to give him the gun, Ludovic kills the other dude and yeah. throws him overboard.
0: I was like, is this like a Van Diemen's Land situation? Probably. Do you remember that movie? I do. Good film. Based on a true story. Yeah. That's the best kind of cannibalism movies. are based Always on based on story. a true story.
1: Exactly. Like Hannibal Lecter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or cannibal holocaust exactly
1: yes or the Texas chainsaw massacre
0: yeah or or John Favreau's Chef yeah yeah it's subtle but it's no. there if you look for it <laughs> um, they get to they get to land somehow um, Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille, if you think about it Ivor and Julia are there and he's like not in the army now. Ivor... Uh... They're in Cairo. It's Cairo now. Yeah, they're back in Egypt. Black House is there. Uh, so, welcome return of Daniel Craig recovering in a fancy hospital.
1: Yeah. And we get a scene where Julia and... It's revealed that Ivor did something illegal? Something to say. Yeah, he shady. fled Crete.
0: They basically, like, fucked off their orders and just left. Yeah. So they're technically deserters.
1: But they're still in the army but, chilling out on this cushy job. Well, I
0: think they've been able to sort of cover it up. That's yeah. the idea. And so, now they're
1: worried that Daniel Craig's gonna have evidence or
0: Yeah. So once again this is the the first the, the first casualty of war is innocence, as we know. Yeah. And the second casualty is truth. <laughs> because whatever the truth of the matter is has is just covered up at all in order to maintain the facade of honor and order <laughs> and duty and order and meaning and 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 purpose so so ivor's the only one of the commanders that got out everyone else gets taken prisoner essentially um and they kind of realize that
1: they realize that daniel craig still has guy still has the orders that they were given
0: and he and he has his notebook of what's happened essentially. Yeah. So they decide to pack him off to Cape Town to sort of get rid of his version yeah, of the truth. Yeah. They say
1: we can send him back to London, but via many places. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and Julia is there, and she's kind of evil, and she's sort of orchestrating all of this as well. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It um, doesn't. Then he presumably
1: winds up in it, Yugoslavia.
0: Yeah, but there's a bit where it's like presumably a long time later, and he's back in England. Um. And his dad's like, you haven't been the same since Italy surrendered. And he says, I've spent too long training soldiers. So now he's been like training soldiers for a long time. Yeah. Um, so
1: let's, let's say it's three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been too long.
0: Yeah. I think the frustration of being close to being in actual battle, but not actually being in it could be more, could be, could be brought to the fore more as well, to mm-hmm. be honest. The, the, thrill of battle is so sort of quiet and elongated in the same way everything else is. It's not really clearly different to what they spend the rest of their time doing. Whereas I think if you had these really clearly defined battle sequences that are kind of electrifying whilst also being traumatic that would make the frustrations of all the rest of this stuff more cute. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, But he stays home for a little bit. That's when he gets back with What's-Her-Face, isn't it? Um, I think...
0: No, cause, no, no, that's uh, after
1: the wars ended. Not hmm.
0: quite just yet. So that and him and his dad have that sort of interesting conversation about Catholicism and if if one soul survives, doesn't matter how many souls die to sort of preserve it, and God doesn't work, and those quantitative evaluations and things like that. Yeah. I thought that was all good. I thought that was. I, I presume that must be from the book, quite you quite would, closely. You would think so because yeah. that's. I think the way this film is is doing something that doesn't happen in films very often, which is sort of depicting people struggling with the sort of standards of Roman Catholicism, <laughs> which doesn't sound inherently cool and fun and interesting, but I would actually <laughs> be quite interested in, yeah. in the context of something like world war two, um, mm. you know? So I'm, I'm glad that we get that. Trim is becoming more of like a war hero as well. He's being sent to America to like inspire people and, and
1: Virginia decides not to go with him.
0: No. And she also finds out she's pregnant at this point. Yeah.
1: And she rekindles her romance with Guy by coming to him and pleading for help, to which he just marries her.
0: Um, Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a little bit... B- b- just before that, the dad dies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So... Um, and
1: Guy says that he was my favorite man. Probably the best man I've ever known.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I love the dad's lines leading up to this. I've been told I might be dead soon. <laughs> come on. No, come on. Quite appropriate for someone of my age. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good orientation to it. Come now. High time. <laughs> um, yeah. and I've unc- been
1: meaning to do that for a while now.
0: <laughs> and, the, and the uncle being like, oh, he would have loved how many people are here. There's <laughs> family, yes, but family don't count. You know?
1: <laughs> We'll come to yours, yeah. But you don't count. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, Daniel has to go to another training ground. That's where Ludovic is with his evil, with his dog. Um, and Ludovic's kind of freaked out that Crouchback is there because he knows that he knows the truth about him. So yeah, that's so Ludovic's he hiding. So he's, like, okay, yeah, he's hiding in the army still. But for some
1: reason, is Daniel Craig's not there for training? He just turns up, sees these people jumping out of things like, I want to give that a go. Goes, climbs up the parachute practice thing, just jumps <laughs> off and fucking breaks his leg. <laughs> like, that's, what the fuck? And they said, we had a casualty today. And you're
0: like, "Oh because
1: yeah, we, we just get to see him fall and then we had a casualty today. Who? Mm-hmm. Crouch back. Did he die? No. And I was relieved yeah. after that. Um, oh, thank God they didn't just kill him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Ludovic's reaction to that was good. Did he, did, did he die? No, no. No, just injured. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's just quietly wishing Guy would fuck off. This whole this whole movie so, is people just wishing this <laughs> nice, honorable man would go the fuck away because he's ruining everything <laughs> by not being as empty as a shell as he's, everyone he's else is. Their war. Yeah. I'm not like, going to
1: let you ruin my war.
0: Then Virginia, so while he's recovering with his broken leg, and then, then Virginia comes, comes around and she's like, Trimmer got me pregnant. It's a real problem because he's not cool like you is. Is it cool if we get back together? And from my memory of the books, is quite vague now because I read them quite a few years ago. But my overall impression is that it's these books are kind of disheartening intentionally because it's just a progressive series of indignities for Guy Crouchback, and this is kind of like the ultimate thing we can understand his decision making. Like he's Roman Catholic, we're still married. The honourable thing, to, thing to, do. to do is to yes, uh, you know, is I to can't use his
1: sword of honour and consummate.
0: I, I can't turn my own <laughs> wife away if she wants to come back because, in the eyes of the Lord, we're still married. But now he's going to be raising not just someone else's child, fucking Trimmer's child, the Welsh one from coupling, <laughs> and the worst one from coupling. The weird, like the 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 joey but weirder character from, couple, from the English <laughs> Friends, Chums. Um, chums. <laughs> that's from uh, 30 Rock. And so it's – but in this, I think it, it kind of comes across as not always just being noble. He's just doing the noble thing. Whereas I think that the book is kind of sort of digging. It's making you feel like, oh, fuck, this sucks. It's this a stupid thing to be doing. Why are you doing this? So it makes you sort of wrestle with what is honourable as as a reader as well. Whereas because it's it's bloody lovely Daniel Craig doing doing a nice thing, I think it doesn't quite come across that way. You know what I mean?
1: I do. In the moment in my head, I'm singing the theme song to Friends, but making it very British.
0: Oh, okay. now, I'm you having told, a told of... me life was going to be this way. Your vocation's
1: a joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're broke. <laughs> Your love life's dead on arrival. <laughs>
0: They, then they, so there's a rewedding, wedding adorable,
1: and then he goes off to Yugoslavia.
0: Yeah, and there's a pl- awesome shot of the plane flying in with all the burning barrels. Oh, cool! There's like like haunting sort of mournful vocalization. The, the kids vocalization. running out to light the barrels. Yeah, every time. I was like, why is this being made so sort of emotional? Like, this is awesome, but I don't feel like this is. This where bit we're at right seems
1: now. like a different film. It seems like the third episode. Yeah, now it's like, part
0: three, yeah. you know, because everything is different. We're a completely different country, different vibe. We've got Yugoslavian partisans. We're all, you know, what 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 are their names? The guys from Defiance are off in the woods nearby. <laughs> you know, like it all feels, it's all a lot more like that. Um, the baby, who's called Gervais, I guess. Great name. He's born. And it's made clear that she's, that... Virginia is still an absolute waste of space and is gonna just sort of mole flanders this baby and leave it and then
1: it's sorta of made so clear that can't though.
0: even recognise me yet. Ha ha ha, darling, simply you must, etc. <laughs> um
1: and then basically then like guy gets news that a bomb hit the house. They
0: all dead. And
1: everybody's dead. His uncle and what's her face is dead, the baby's safe.
0: Yeah, that's There's, good. I think probably Virginia one is. of the best parts of this whole thing is when they're having the party and they're dancing and, the and they slowly over. stop mm. and you realize you can hear the plane in the distance and everyone comes to a halt and then the plane flies away again and then the party starts again. Yeah. I thought that's really Her clever. line
1: there I think is quite affecting too where she's just like to try and break the tension I guess. It's yeah. just like, oh. I always think they're going to... Come for me, They always
0: think they're aiming for me, ah, ha, ha ha, simply, you must, gosh, yeah. darling, um, uh, and then yeah, a little while later, they get a uh, book thief, and oh my God <laughs> <laughs> they get <laughs> the
1: parents who are like Scarlet Witch and quicksilver, uh,
0: yes, that yeah. as well,
1: yeah, they I'm get trying to think of a word for that, droned, socovied,
0: yeah. Yeah, they get Obama droned. <laughs> so sort of before that in Yugoslavia, there's a whole storyline where a train full of Jewish people from somewhere arrive in the town. Mm-hmm. And Crouchback is essentially like, we should probably try and help these people. And they get them off, get the, them off the train. Because I think they're like, we're like winning at this point like the nut like
1: Yeah, these people have obviously been... Like, oh, no, yeah, they've,
0: they've been liberated from one of the camps. but So they got liberated, then got put on this train and have been on the train for like a week. Just trying to figure out where the with hell no they're going food. to go. They
1: wound up in Yugoslavia. And then one of them's like, hey, can you send us to Italy? You've yeah. taken us in. Can you help us Yeah. And send us to Italy? So
0: Crouch sets up relations with the leader of this group, which is this Jewish woman. Yeah. And no one wants to help him. No one gives a shit about these people. And so he's ruffling lots of feathers just trying to get them to Italy. Uh-huh. And later on he discovers he's, he's having to leave. But he goes around to visit the leader woman, and he gives her magazines, and and he's just trying to he's just trying to do the right thing. He just he just gives her whatever he has. Says I've done as much as I can before I leave. Yeah, and, and then he comes back later and finds out they all got flown out to Italy. Yeah, he, he's not
1: in Yugoslavia at that point. He's somewhere else at that point, but. The news is his his saving of them was successful. He flew they got all flown out except the woman and her husband because news spread of an English officer visiting her house and they said she was having an affair with her with that English officer, so they gave her a trial and shot them both.
0: Yeah, for treason. Which is fucked up. So his every attempt to do the right thing only And leads to terrible outcomes. The, but even the though he the did save over a like, hundred pe-
1: people, mm. why does two more matter? Yeah. still affecting.
0: Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It's that quantitative qualitative judgment is sort of, I guess, the recant yeah. theme. It's what comes out in that conversation with the dad about, about God, about are we taking a utilitarian approach to sort of maximizing well-being or are we doing the right thing in this instance no matter what its consequences are. Yeah.
1: You know. Um, and he comes back to the home and sees his.
0: That's you know, when uh, that's when Richie Hook dies, in the bit of that's Griffin, when Richie Hook dies because they're trying exactly. to impress the Americans. Um, <laughs> no, they're trying to impress the. Um, then Richie Hook dies, and the Americans assume he's a Yugoslavian partisan. <laughs> yeah. And after he <laughs> gets shot in this pointless battle,
1: he's <laughs> like, yeah. "They're really brave." <laughs> like, yes, that is
0: the partisan spirit. If you support these guys, <laughs> that's how they'll all behave. And then, yeah, then he gets the ladder that um, they've all been killed.
1: And then he goes home and meets his adopted son. Meets Trimmer's son. And oh. that's the end. Yeah, He says, I'm your father.
0: And the, and the boy says, no,
1: <laughs> and
0: falls down the shaft. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, which was a weird ending. But uh, and then he says, they're not called laser swords. And he <laughs> fell down.
1: You don't even have a sword.
0: There weren't any swords this whole time.
1: Is it a euphemism for your dead
0: <laughs> There were no swords, but also no honour. Mm. So, Well,
1: there was a bit of
0: And awesome. you think, well...
1: Like some people were honourable.
0: There were, but, but by behaving honourably, brought about death and destruction. By behaving in a sane way in an insane system, you will cause discord that will be seen as harm. Yep. Think about that. So... Where do you want to rank it, man? Other suggestion, oh. other casting suggestion Matthew McFadden.
1: Where would I know this person
0: from? Sp- that is a familiar name. Spooks, also Pride and Prejudice, the new one. Ah. Yeah? He can do. Have you. You, have, you could see it. Yeah. You've seen Succession, he can do comedy. I would prefer
1: Hugh Laurie.
0: 90s I, Hugh Laurie. I think Hugh Laurie is a bit too comedy. No, See, I think Colin Firth is perfect.
1: Colin Firth is perfect. I think we're not going to get anything better but than I Colin Firth. I really
0: like Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no no one would have even considered him for this pre-House. No. You know? Right at the beginning of House, when he's like, what, late 40s? Mm. Then he's like, oh, you're a bit too old to go into the army. But that was only like Lose, four years after this anyway. So. We know he's he can rock a limp. <laughs> so that all he's good for all the limping scenes.
1: He already looks good in uniform. I love me a man in uniform. I think a
0: modern a modern Cohen brothers version of this, where because it's also all about just how the truth is so malleable. It's also been
1: made a couple of times, so they could redo it.
0: Yeah, but not since
1: this. Not this is since the latest this, but one. it's yeah. been made a few times before then.
0: Yeah, like and the way in which in the chaos of war the truth becomes so malleable and kind of irrelevant or something, and becomes more more relevant. As you know, as time goes by, and
1: I think a Cohen's brothers version of this, though, would remove the Yugoslavia segment.
0: Still doing a three episode thing? No, a Cohen brothers movie. Just a just a flat out two hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think flat out two hour movie. you do it more sort of um, Full Metal Jacket, where you just do training, Crete, war bit. Yeah, yeah training and Crete. Have Richie Hook in both of them, he, but he dies in Crete yeah. for meaninglessness.
1: The same sort of meaninglessness.
0: You'd have the the Americans turn up
1: and were like, and then wow,
0: they're the locals. I'm yeah, gonna help you go and probably take most of the Virginia stuff out of it. Yeah, and well, the, you'd have
1: her as a character because it's a Coen Brothers film, but
0: and have the and the climax of it is that he has tried to do the honorable thing, has even done heroic things, but is going to get punished by being sent off to South Africa or whatever. Yeah. So he's so he he comes out on the bottom after doing everything right. That's how the world works. You know, it it often can be, yep. because it's not. You know, the world is it's it's not about what you can. Um, it's not about what's right and wrong. What can you live with yourself having done? That's the rule of life. That's what. So <laughs> that's what you got to ask yourself.
1: Where do you want to rank Sword of Honour on the list?
0: Sword of Honour. I tell you what. I'll round us off with a couple of Daniel Craig quotes.
1: Okay. From this or about it?
0: Interviews about this. Okay. First of all, he said when they approached him about it, everyone knows Brideshead Revisited, and he said, if this is anything like Brideshead, you can fuck off. (laughs) Because he didn't want to do Brideshead Revisited, which is fair enough. And then in an interview about it, he says, if you stick with it, there is a sort of payoff. But what I like about it is that it's not an obvious payoff. It's not like everything joins up and is happy. War was a bitter and twisted old man by the time he died, and that's what Sword of Honor is about. It's a bit inconclusive. The audience has to work a bit, and I think that's a good thing. And I can agree with that. I think it is I good for the audience to have to work. Yeah. But I think I think you, you do only have to work a bit, but you have to work a bit for three and a half hours. <laughs> so you're still tired.
1: Which is... Proper work, and that's not what you need from watching something.
0: It can be a lightweight, but if you've been lifting it for three and a half hours, your arm is tired. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think yeah, it is sort of in, inconclusive and disper- narratively dispersed, but because it's over three and a half hours, you're having to figure out how is this meant to be inconclusive, or have you just accidentally made it inconclusive? <laughs> I think it's meant to be inconclusive. Oh, okay, fine. Ah, I get it. Because life often does not conclude neatly still lots to recommend what do you think about the Craig in this
1: it's not right for this mm. but
0: I like me Craig it's still yeah it's still nice Craig to is have still Craig, good but I
1: think I think we have to give sort of like negative marks for it. Because, because he's not a, right it's Ill, for it.
0: ill suited, yeah. Okay, so we'll put it on the list. As people probably know, we don't score these individually. We're creating an overall ranking of all of Daniel Craig's things from best to worst. This is the fiftieth thing to go on the list. Oh, celebrations! In what form? I don't know. Crack cocaine. Well, we've got cakes. Let's someday. do it. Let what? Let's crack cocaine. Yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? You get the cocaine, you crack, crack it, it open. It's go. like a coconut. And you just inhale the aroma. That's yeah. most of it.
1: And then the rest gets thrown out, obviously.
0: Is this better or worse than Mole Flanders? It's a
1: good place to start. Yeah, isn't a good it? good place to start. I think Mole Flanders is actually better than this.
0: I would agree with you. Yeah. What about The Invasion?
1: I want to say no because I didn't like the invasion, and it's just cheesy. But I, no, I think this is better than invasion.
0: We have we have better Craig acting, even though he's ill-suited. And I think, I think what this is trying to do is more noble than the invasion. Yeah,
1: I like this. Yeah, this is. I think this is better. This goes above the invasion.
0: The Golden Compass.
1: Daniel Craig is very well suited for his character in the Golden Compass. I think.
0: True, but he's hardly in it.
1: Exactly. Do you think this is better than The Golden Compass? In and of itself, it's an entire trilogy. The Golden oh, Compass is one part of a trilogy and we don't even get the rest of it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was bored watching this. Yeah. Like a lot.
1: I didn't get bored in The Golden Compass. No, even though it's but a long it's movie. short. It's shorter, but it's not short. No, I think it has to go below.
0: Below Golden Compass? Yeah, I think so. Above or below one life? Below. <laughs> really? I think this goes above One Life. Ah, oh, damn it. Because One Life...
1: This has probably the same amount of lines as Daniel Craig had in One Life.
0: <laughs> True. So this is below Kings? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it needs to go above One Life. So it's number 25th. So it's better than Flashbacks of a Fool, better than The Ice House. Yes. Better than Daredevils of the Desert. You're damn right. Better than The Mother. The mother has dropped down quite a long way as this has gone on. Fucking deserves to. Hey, come on now. We've always been quiet, quiet stands of the mother. (laughs) Okay, that is that. We've broken into the two thousands with our television movies. We've only we've only got two more TV movies to go, and And one more regular movie to go, and then just some other random TV episodes and shit. Yay! And a couple of other special extras at the end there. Oh! I'm not going to tell you what they are. We've hacked his phone.
1: (laughs) Home videos. We're going all out, y'all.
0: We've got the tapes. (laughs) We've got the tapes. We're not going to publish. We're not going to put them on the internet. That'd be weird. But we are. We're just going to talk about them. (laughs) We are going to do audio commentaries of all the home movies.
1: Things y'all will never see. And
0: you can just imagine what we're looking at.
1: Y'all can never see.
0: That's not true, Daniel. We'd never do that.
1: We wouldn't. We'd look at them, but we wouldn't talk to
0: people. Yeah, we wouldn't. We would never bring it up publicly. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) We will be back next week with. Well, not next week. We'll be back in two weeks up here on the Patreon with our review of Copenhagen 2002's Copenhagen Yeah, Copenhagen is starting. Copenhagen yeah, I don't know why but I'm I'm really built up to that in my yeah, mind. I'm just keen for it. great poster, great name, it's 2005.
1: Dude, he was doing good stuff. He was doing the, a TV movie internally almost
0: Bond. He was Bond adjacent. Mm-hmm. He was para, para Perry Bond. <laughs> Kane. All right. See you then, guys.